Hey, I'm in Decatur, Georgia. <laughs> and, uh, well, this is the second go-around because you'll never hear the first go-around because it wasn't recording. Um, I am sitting in a wonderful, beautiful kitchen uh, where a lot of pies have been made because I'm with Chris Taylor and Paul Argon. Argon? Argon. Who have written a beautiful book called The New Pie, Modern Techniques for the Classic American Dessert. Uh, it is a beautiful book with pictures by uh, my favorite food photographer, who is Andrew Thomas Lee, and published by the same publisher that I uh, am proud to be involved with, which is Clarkson Potter. Um, and it is an amazing book that comes from two people who are not in this industry. Both of them come from medical backgrounds and researching backgrounds and work at the CDC, or actually Paul is now retired as of last week. Congratulations, Paul. Thank you very much. And Chris, you're still there, and you work in what field? I work with Alzheimer's disease and healthy aging in older adults. That is an amazingly uh, important thing, mostly to me. My father has almost Alzheimer's, but uh, this book is just amazing. I, and I want to talk about pie as this endless, you've created as, as a continuum, as as something that's not set in stone as this is pie. You're saying you can bring anything to pie. So explain that. Yeah, I mean, pie really is, you know, has endless possibilities. One of the, you know, when you, when you buy a lot of baking books or when you buy a lot of pie or see a lot of recipes, you know, it's, it's apple pie, it's cherry pie, it's blueberry pie, it's lemon meringue, it's banana cream. There's sort of like a set number that's out there and they just sort of get shuffled around. Um, but when we started making pie, um, we really started thinking, what can we bring into pie? And really we learned you can bring anything into pie, um, you know, different flavors, um, you know, we find inspiration out in restaurants, trying a new drink, you know, looking at, you know, candy bar flavors, ice cream flavors, you know, really anything out there you can bring into a pie shell in some way. There's a lot of pie history there, too, though. I mean, are you are you edging away from the traditional formality of pie into a new realm? Is that dangerous? I don't think it's Is dangerous. Is it no, it's the history enough? It, no, no. It's, I think it's very exciting. I, th I think you can start with the, these classic pies, um, and you can see... I think you have to start with them, really, to understand how they're made, you know, what you, what are... What are the key steps that have to happen to make sure the crust is brown, that the filling is set, um, that you can have the layers of flavor that you want? Um, and then once you understand the mechanics of it, yeah, then, then feel free. Um, you can start making new things. So the book goes through and really talks uh, and goes through the techniques that they use. And this is, these are not a lot of regular techniques. You're, uh, you're airbrushing uh, at some points. Uh, you're doing some crazy things with pies. Um, which I like, but at the beginning, you really talk about weights and measures and the importance of weighing things, but then you go through and you did capitulate to the American stream, which is you gave volume measurements, you give standard weight, and then you give metric weight. Now you're thoroughly in the camp of metric weight, which I'm totally with you because I think that, uh, the Imperial system was designed by, um, Satan's younger brother, um, <laughs> Louis, uh, who just really, uh, it doesn't make any sense. 128 ounces is a gallon. W why is that? We will never know. But the, the beauty of the metric system is a kilogram is a, way, a kilogram of water is a liter. Yes. And that's kind of across the board. Yeah. It's a great standard. And you mentioned earlier, what, a pint is yeah, a pound? Yeah, they say a pint's a pound the world around, but it's really not. It's, it's almost a pound, but 
Metric is so precise that they redid the kilogram recently. Yeah, it was like decaying, and they're like, we got to get another one. There was somebody whose full-time job was like watching the the kilogram. kilogram, Which is crazy. That's that's the due diligence that Metric has. And Imperial due diligence is like 300 years old, and that guy's dead. So uh, I think we just need to move on. And it's really important in baking. You know, I'm, I'm a fine dining chef, and... Um, but when it comes to weights and measures in the world of the pastry department at work, it is really important to weigh and measure perfectly when you're coming up with pastry stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not just because we're trying to be fussy about it. It really makes a huge difference in the outcome of, of the product you're trying to make. And, and I think you know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier, it's, it's cleaner as well. You can measure directly right into your bowls. You don't have uh, additional measuring spoons that are covered in sticky stuff. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. It's a, it is a game changer in buying a scale, but that means you have to buy a good scale. But the, you guys go through the really um, the equipment needed, uh, and there's a lot of equipment that even though I'm uh, a pro in this, though not in pastry, um, I had no idea that there were pie crust shields. Um, explain yeah. a pie crust shield. Sure, it's just a simple aluminum um, uh, disc with the, the center cut out uh, that you can place right on the edge of your crimped uh, crust. Um, so prior either, to baking or halfway through, so it doesn't get additional browning. In fact, we use it for, for many different. Uh, so the, the intended purpose is usually at, towards the end of the the bake. You would just pop it on towards the end if your edge is starting to get a little too brown. Um, uh, we find it useful for many other parts of the pie making process as well. So let's say when you're filling a pie, so you have a let's say a partially blind baked crust, and you want to start pouring in a big messy nut filling that has chocolate and, and sticky it, toffee thing that's going to go everywhere it's going to splash put on your pie crust shield first of all and then you can pour right in you're not going to get splash, splashes and drips on the edge because if you um, get splashes and drips they will burn in the oven absolutely yeah. and then oftentimes if or if you're going to have um let's say brushed an egg wash a decorative egg wash on the crust again if you uh, don't want it to brown too much go ahead and pop your your, your shield on that is an amazing thing. And then pie weights we go through. Instant read thermometers, which I think are critical for everybody in any kitchen. Yes. A scale. Um, you have the most beautiful picture of using different t- styles of piping tips uh, when you're uh, decorating pies. And the pictures of this white uh, icing uh, done in about 10 different styles. And it's an amazing picture uh, in really distinguishing what all those different uh, different fact, tips are doing. You haven't said the one thing about it that is, is we think is particularly cool. What kind of pie is it? Well, no, no, no. So it's a pie chart is what it is. It's a pie it's chart. It's a pie <laughs> yes. chart. Yeah, so for, for epidemiologists, for, for scientists, we made a graphic, a scientific graphic out of our, our piping tips. But that's the important <laughs> thing about this book is you guys, uh, and I do, do, take this in the right way, but you guys are like the nerds of piedom. I'll take it. I love it. I'll take and it. I, I love that. <laughs> but, 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 but nerddoms, you know, people have to, uh, even on NPR, when they refer to the word nerd, they're usually apologetic prior to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that. Yeah. Ner- nerds run the world. Um, and it's the smart people who can really take something that's rote and basic and bring it to the next level of diving into it and looking at it from a different perspective mm-hmm. and giving it clarity with that. So I'm all in favor of nerds. Um, and then we talk about silicon mats and silicon pastry molds, um, stencils. What are you doing with stencils and pie? Yeah, so actually for one of our pies, the pie of the tiger, it has a whipped cream topping and you can just do a whipped cream topping or you can pipe it. These are big on the puns, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> 
yes. It's that's, true. That's all yeah. Chris. Yeah. Eye um, of the tiger. Okay. Yeah. And um and so to it has sort of like cookie pieces in it. So when you slice it, it looks like tiger stripes. And so we found a tiger stripe stencil that um, we put on the top and sprinkled some um, cocoa over it. And so now you know it's tiger all over. It is tiger all over. And then I flipped to the page with you guys airbrushing a uh, a very elaborate pre-baked or a blind-baked uh, pie shell. Explain this. And so that, that one is blind-baked. And, and that's the key with the coloring process. Yeah, so for there, there's a lot of ways you can color a crust. Um, and a lot of people color it before they bake. You know, they either color the dough or they will paint on like a colored egg wash. But in order to really tell if your pie is done, you have to make sure that it's golden brown. And so I think that impedes your ability to tell when you have a great golden brown crust. And even, you know, once you have a golden brown crust, you now have a golden brown green crust or a golden brown red crust. It's never a pure color. Oftentimes you lose that color if you, if you do the color prior to the bake. Yeah, I think you have to think of pie crust as sort of almost like a little living creature. So you can you can sculpt it, something like what the page you're on right now, um, but you cannot expect to retain that that crisp shape because it's going to puff, it's going to brown, it's going to move around a little bit. And um, it's puffing because of the way you're making it. And let let's talk about the specifics of of pie crust mm -hmm. and what people historically are doing wrong when they're making it because it's so simple as ingredients mm -hmm. yet so many people pardon the french fuck it up yep. yep so why to me it's the creation of, of cold butter cutting into it or leaf lard or whatever it is that you're mm -hmm. using as a fat yeah. interlacing and not mixing it too much so that that oil essentially the butter or the mm -hmm. fat is basically going between layers of the of the flour and creating those layers by cooking up yes and expanding it absolutely right so you're right it's, it's three simple ingredients to make the most basic pie crust fat flour and water because you do want some gluten to form so that your crust you know, can hold together it has to you have some structure. The, the, the fat uh, is, is between all those little layers intercalating between all those uh, gluten sheets that you've made. And then as it, as it bakes, it's going to get some steam. It's going to puff um, and you're going to get those crisp layers. And so ideal, if you've made it right, um, you don't want too much gluten to have formed so that it's a tough, chewy crust, um, but it'll, it'll slice, it'll be crisp. Um, and then we add a couple of other ingredients as well to give it a little flavor, some salt, some sugar. And vinegar, mm -hmm. yeah. often, which is key to a lot of old Southern recipes, is that it was kind of the unheralded hero of the pie crust, which is vinegar. Oh, I actually did not know that. Yeah. So we got it. Uh, so most of what we've learned, we've learned from cookbooks. So we've got it. Uh, you, haven't, you walked past it when you came in the house. We've got a cookbook library over there. And so as we were reading all about ways to make pie crust, we've tried all these different things that people have, have used. Um, and so we, I forget where we picked up vinegar from, probably from Rose. Yeah, probably from Rose Levy Berenbaum. And we also picked up baking powder. Who wrote the cake Bible? The, correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we also had a little bit of baking powder which I think adds a little bit of puff, and so it makes it seem a little flakier because you get a little more air between those flaky layers that are forming. Okay. Yeah. And then handling it. I mean, how critical is the, is the shortening to be cold? Uh, we use, uh, when we make the crust, our, our butter is cold. Okay. Um, but we use a little bit of vegetable shortening, and we use that room temperature, actually, which some people probably think is sacrilege. But and To be fair, I mean, where you're sitting right now, I think we tend to keep the house a little cool anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like 42 degrees. 
<laughs> no, it's, it's totally normal temperature for the South, uh, which is hot outside and cold inside. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and that's the expectation. So then we go through, and we go through, and you've got cream pies. Um, you've got this uh, pie of the tiger, obviously. Explain Pittsburgh Proud. Oh, so um, I lived in Pittsburgh. Um, I grew up near Pittsburgh, and so I spent a lot of time there. And, you know, th- we have a lot of regional variations of food in the U.S. If you say something is maybe Cal- – or it's, if something is like Greek style, you know, it probably has maybe lemon, spinach, um, California. Like if you get a California BLT, you know, it's going to have a avocado on it. it. Yeah. Well, in, in Pittsburgh, if you order a Pittsburgh salad um, or a Pittsburgh sandwich, it's going to have French fries on it. Um, and so we sort of took that ode. Um, we have a, a chocolate. Being scientists and medical practitioners, what's the uh, living uh, expectancy, life expectancy <laughs> in Pittsburgh? Well, wait, also, it, Pittsburgh in the steak world is like blood rare. Yeah, yeah. which is different. I actually don't know the origin of I don't of that know if one. it's from Pittsburgh either. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was because it's black and blue. Black and blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's blue meat because it's raw, essentially. Yeah. And then you just burn it on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah the French term for rare uh, is bleu in, in, in French. So which makes sense. So, okay. Back to Pittsburgh Proud. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a chocolate, almost a chocolate silk um, filling. Um, it, we made it with um, some boiled beer from Yingling, which is a Pennsylvania bakery. Um, brewery, brewery. Yeah. and it's topped um, instead of French fries, our sort of baking culinary equivalent is chocolate covered potato sticks. <laughs> um, and so it's great. You get this salty crunch with the creamy chocolate filling, and it's in a cocoa pastry crust. And it's 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 sort of our our ode to Western Pennsylvania. It's totally whack. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and it, but you know, there's still this. Uh, love of the classic pie even though you're pushing the boundaries on a lot of things you're 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 creating new pies along the way but then we get to aunt melba's peach pie yeah which to me we're in georgia and you know i talked about this on a recent episode with somebody else is that um we are the peach state we're not the leading in peach uh peaches anymore no that's south carolina um but they're really weird over there um <laughs> but the, i think yeah it, Pearson Peaches and a number of other small farms in Georgia are just mm-hmm. doing a fantastic job. I, I will, without uh, rescinding my Georgia citizenship, uh, say that Colorado peaches are pretty spectacular these days. Ooh, okay. They're, yeah. they're amazing. Um, Palisades peaches. But uh, they're bigger. Really huge peaches. But, and do you get uh, them here or do you go to Colorado to I get them? I have to go to Colorado. Okay, uh, right. But I go to Aspen every summer, so uh, okay. I, I eat a lot of peaches. But explain a peach pie. Mostly explain the filling and how when we're talking about fruit fillings, what are we binding with mm. that's making it not too soupy? Oh, so that's I think that's all throughout the uh, the, the fruit section of, of, of the book. So I, there are different um, techniques and methods that I use, but I think you get you get to the, the heart of it right there, is that different fruits, especially different times of the year, are not going to perform the same way. So if I'm developing my, um, my peach pie here at the peak of peach season, um, and um, maybe I'm going to use frozen peaches later in the year, or some kind of imported Chilean peach later in the year, that's 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 shelf stable for some reason um yeah anyway tastes like plastic yeah so so who knows but you have to be prepared to deal with that and so some of the techniques we have in there especially with sous vide um, allow you to um uh, account for the juiciness of the fruit at the time um uh, i think the the peach one you picked so that one that's a, a 
I, I use, uh, I, I actually purposefully freeze them, thaw them. At that point, it'll, um, the, the ice crystals that form when, when the peach is frozen are going to break apart some of the cell walls as it, as it um, uh, thaws. The peaches are now a little bit more floppy. They're, they're They've kind of macerated through the freezing and then bit. the thawing. And the juice comes out. So I put right. them right into a colander. And so now I can measure how much juice is there, and I can account for that. I do the same thing with sous viding apples. Again, I, I sous vide the apples, um, and then I separate out the released juice from the actual fruit parts. And again, I can use the exact amount of that fruit. But are juice. you reintroducing that juice back into the pie? Oh, filling? absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, but you just you're compensating for how much liquid is being produced. I count it. I measure it exactly. So I see exactly how much. You guys so, really are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it makes such a difference because if, if I if I just told you to put in, you know, again, three tablespoons of cornstarch or something like that to yeah, X number of pounds of apples. Maybe right now that's going to be spot on perfect. And then maybe later it's going to be dry and pasty. And then later on in the year it'll be soupy. Yeah. What's your favorite apple to use for apple pie? Uh, difficult question. Only because, so I use different apples. Um, the book, I've used apples that I think people are going to be able to find right. most of the time. So I focused on uh, Golden Delicious and Granny Smith are the ones. Um, I think another pie uses uh, some Macintosh because we cook them down into applesauce. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I'd say if I had to pick one, um, oh geez, I don't know. Um, uh, actually, and it's, it's also relatively easy to find most of the time, but uh, Gala apples make a surprisingly delicious pie. So what are you looking for in a good apple for apple pie? To me, I think you're looking for uh, a you know, without the addition of too much sugar, you're looking for natural sweetness, but still an inherent tartness to things. That's why Granny Smiths are popular. You're mm -hmm. looking for a really firm texture and tight texture to the apple. Um, so, yeah, I, I still like some chew on my apple. So, um, and I think um, we have two different methods of, actually three different methods of making apple pies in the book. Um, and I think each one of them, it, it, it focuses on getting the apple cooked to the point where you can get that, that the inherent apple -y flavor out of it but still have a good bite. Um, uh, you, you can still taste that you're chewing on an apple piece. My favorite apple is uh, for baking like that is actually my favorite eating apple as well, which is an Arkansas Black, Ooh. Uh, which is a more obscure southern variety of apple. But you see them in prime apple season in September or October in Georgia, and they're they're great, but you just don't see them as much. i got to say, I, I, I'll, I, I think that skin is... Um, it's so you, chewy. Oh, you got you got to peel the skin. Yeah. Oh, do you? Get that okay. out of the way. Oh, all right. Okay, so you eat them peeled. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, the only thing I'm remiss on in this book is that you you, you talk about some savory uses of pies, and you guys have entered many many contests and things mm -hmm. like that. And we'll talk about that in a little while too. But there's no tomato pie recipe. Do you guys make tomato pie? Um, I have not made a tomato pie. I mean, that either. is like decidedly southern. Yeah. yeah, yeah, tomato pie, but buttermilk tomato pie. I guess we sort of have one. So in the cocktail section, I don't know if you noticed it. There's a um, uh, we call it our hangover okay, pie. Did you guys get that? There's a cocktail section in a pie book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have one specific pie that's a hangover pie. It's called the hair of the dog, and so that is, um, it's it's like a Bloody Mary is what it is, but it's not a uh, it's not um, like a, the slices of tomato pie. My daughter was looking through the book. Who's uh, she's fifteen, and uh, she saw the uh, strawberry margarita pie, and she's like, "Does that actually have booze in it? Because that looks good." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I, I don't, I, I don't know, but no, you're not allowed to have that." Yeah. And, yeah, and so. yes, it does. Yeah. Well, 
Unless you get your fake ID ready. So I, I brought another couple of books, and and to me, the the Southern Pie thing is is always really interesting. Um, you know, when we talk about this, is an old book called Bell's uh, Bell's Best, and it's an old Southern cookbook. You know, it's got a lot of crap recipes in it too, but um, but some it, the pie section is pretty amazing. Like this is the this is the pie section. Oh, that's oh, fun. Wow. Um, so. You know, let, let's talk about chess pie. Mm -hmm. Do you guys make a variation of chess pie? Uh, I've made a chess pie. We don't have a chess pie. In yeah, the book. we don't make them too too often. Yeah, um, yeah. Like chess pie is a really interesting thing. It's kind of reminiscent of buttermilk pie, mm -hmm. um, which is great. But those are really simple, and I, we we think the derivation of chess is actually a misspelling of chest. It would be for the pie chest. It was this just the most ubiquitous. Um, proletariat pie of mm -hmm. all time because literally it's sugar butter flour egg yolks egg whites milk salt nutmeg vanilla and a pie shell i've also heard it's a uh, uh the derivation is actually from the word just what kind of pie do you make just pie just pie yeah just pie yeah. yeah yeah and then in tennessee they take them and they stack them and they stack like four pies on top of each other. So then you slice and you've got four, like a four layered pie. Oh, wow. Um, so there's all these cool things. And then I'm from Canada and the savory pie of Quebec is tortillere. Oh, we yeah. love tortillere. Lovely, yeah. lovely ground pork mm -hmm. and redolent with sort of nutmeg and mace and things like that. Um, and it's like savory beyond belief. But when it's made right, that crust is so beautifully fa flavored with pork fat mm -hmm. uh, that you just, it's like so porky, porcine. Yeah, uh, it's so but, good. But it's great. So what, if, if you guys have dedicated your smarts and the way you look at food to a book on pie, I want you to do something else. Because I think the way you're writing in this book is so analytic and interesting, yet um, sort of revelatory and happy about pie. That, is there another topic that intrigues you on that? Tons. Yeah. No, in fact, we, we maintain long lists of things that we're, we're developing more recipes. We've got new book ideas. But is it going to be cakes? Because if you wrote the definitive pie book, can you go cake? Because uh, if you're team pie, you're team pie. Well, if you're challenging me, I can take that challenge. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, I'm not laying down a gauntlet. Um, um, but, but, but cake wasn't our, our, our next plan, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like our next plan is cookies. Oh, we like cookies. Yeah, yeah. I think cookies is a, it's a fun dessert. And I think, too, it's also endless. You know, the way you can incorporate things. And, you know, pie is sort of unique because it's, you know, you get one pie and you can serve 12 people from it. But with a cookie, everyone gets a cookie. It's a different cookie, um, except for bar cookies, which is an exception. There's, like, this weird continuum of where you go from, like, slab pie to bar cookie. I'm not quite sure, like, where that line right. is drawn. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of a different thing. But you can... You know, you have all these options for, for mix-ins. You can make them bigger or smaller. You can make them ahead and freeze them. It's just, they're very adaptable. Again, just like pie with different flavors, just sort of in a different way. Yeah, the bar thing is, is uh, yeah, where does that stop? That's interesting. There's a really decidedly Western Canadian um, bar called the Nanaimo Bar, mm -hmm. uh, which is very Canadian. This very, very sweet expat Canadian in Athens, Georgia. Every year it brings me a batch of Nanaimo bars uh -huh. to remind me of where I'm from. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think she's, she's doing a sort of forceful reminder, but they're really good. They're saccharine sweet and really good. And then the other, so this that Bell's Best book is really interesting, but it's, it's so many looks at, at pies in the typical sense um, in the old Southern vernacular. And then we get to Edna Lewis, and Edna talks about a lot of simple pies too. Now, with Edna, they're not, they're not under 
uh, pie in the index. It's under desserts. She's very clear about mm. that at one point. Um, but she goes through the just different boysenberries and blackberry pies and things like that and talks about, and then the writing on pastry shelves is really definitive too, but not so much as weights and measures. And I mm -hmm. think that's where your book really differentiates from the rest is that because of that, your, your ability to have a success, uh, while reading through the recipe is much higher with such dedication to detail and weights and measures. Southern recipes were often, you know, eight ingredients and a short paragraph and how you do it. And what that relied upon was um, a skill set and a base technique level that is beyond most of our generations now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you were making pies every day, yeah, you know, you could get the feel of what it looked like. It. Yeah, yeah. But I think nowadays, I mean, we make a lot of pie, but... I mean, I still use the scale because, you know, that's it works the best. It's reliable. Um, but I could see if you were churning out a couple pies a day, maybe you get a feel for it. It's a, it's just a little different. But like you said, it, it's a skill set that, you know, it's just not expected in modern times. I think it yeah. presupposes that you were already taught by a, a master. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you, you, you got to Whose know. name was Grandma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So you, you yeah. knew what it felt like between your fingers. You knew what it looked like or smelled like or sounded like. Um, but, yeah, if, if you're starting from scratch and you don't yeah. have that. But that's generationally, that's interesting. It's because you didn't start from scratch. You started with a frozen pie shell now if you're born after 1970. Yeah. And just that's how you made a pie. Mm. Whereas, you know, back in the day it was grandma who taught you. But then we, mom did, bought the frozen shell and forgot. And then we got left in the dust. That's and right. know nothing about food. <laughs> Not us three. <laughs> we are empowered in the food way. Yes. Um, so... Let's talk about pie contests. Well, first of all, how do you even find the pie contest these days? It seems like such a regional, um, you know, mostly in the South, is something you'd find out at church or something like that. Yeah. How do you find out about, okay, the first one you entered was in Dahlonega, Georgia? That's right. right. And yeah. you mentioned in the book that it was near the Williamson Sonoma Williams Sonoma outlet <laughs> store, and that was thus handy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, you, you want to go anywhere in Georgia, you got to have a reason to go. Yeah. You know? It's like it's oh, a long drive up to that. Yeah. In I want to do something on my way out there. You know, <laughs> on the way down, you're by on the way back, you're buying a carpet. You know, yeah. No yeah. Idea what to yeah, do. yeah. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. explain that, uh, how you figured out that where that contest existed and then walk me through what you guys did and what were the results yeah so um i i'm not even sure how i, I stumbled across it i think like on a community events calendar or something somehow it made it onto a calendar that i saw um and we had been baking we hadn't made a ton of Trolling pies yet the north georgia pie for you just, know as one does yeah you know chris yeah. was just looking for something to do it's like oh hey there's this thing going on out in in dahlonega do you want to Give that a whirl. I'm on yeah. the Reddit subreddit. Hi, <laughs> North Georgia fan. Not overly Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we went and we each entered a pie. They had a, uh, they had, had entries for sweet pies and savory pies. So I did a uh, sweet pie. I took savory. Uh, yeah. And we went and entered the pie. Uh, you actually had to make two of each pie. So one was for judging and one they had like a pie buffet. Yeah. Because uh, this benefited um, the Lumpen County Literacy Coalition. Um, and so we went, we brought our four pies, yeah. um, dropped them off, walked around, walked through the museum, walked into the stores. Great little town. We'd never been there before. Um, and then we checked in at one point and said, do you know when they're going to announce the winner? And they said, oh, I'm not sure. Should be like in an hour. And we're like, okay, well, we've got another hour to kill. So we walked out. <laughs> 
walked across the street and I hear my name called from the gazebo, like in the town square. And I was like, she just say my name. <laughs> um, and I had won a blue ribbon for the sweet pie. And so it really we, is a blue ribbon to get. Yeah. It was yeah, a blue it's ribbon. It's a blue ribbon pie. Yeah. And what was that pie? It was uh, the summer strawberry, which is in the book. Right. Yeah. And why'd you win? Um, I lemon overtones, wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. Was... I think lemon is a good flavor. I think people really... I and lemon and strawberry yeah. goes really well together. And it was, it, was, it was the height of strawberry season, so it was really good strawberry. Did you serve it with ice cream? No. It was just... Um, Not a la mode? No. No, yeah. it was the, the filling, was the lemon curd, and some of the strawberry slices. Yeah. Okay. And you served a savory poem. Right. Yeah. So I, I grew up in the Virgin Islands, and so there's a, a little savory in creek In the American there. Virgin Islands? U.S. Virgin Islands, oh. yes. Yeah. Beautiful so, there. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's my mother's side of the family's from there. My father's side was the, uh, the Canadians. Um, but uh, there's this uh, little, uh, like an empanada. Uh, it's referred to as a pate, so it's a, a spiced meat uh, filled fried dough contraption. In Jamaica, it's a patty. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Same I, thing. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure who had it first that it... Uh, the, the patty yeah, pate. Pat, who adulterated the name. Exactly, but there it is. Uh, and so I said, I'm going to make that as a large savory pie. Was it lamb or beef? I used lamb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, I used beef for the, for the contest. It's spicy. Yeah. Uh, very spicy, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, scotch bonnets and, yeah. So um, now you're talking my language because my family is mostly from the Caribbean. Uh, they are Canadians, but they live down there in Jamaica and Puerto Rico. And, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? My dad was born in Havana. So Did not know that. They were bankers. Okay. Um, yeah, my family were, were fishermen. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's funny with the Virgin Islands. There's no fish there anymore. Like you go, and they, they've got a coral problem, and they can't really fish right around it. They, they, they're still able to catch some, but yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So the pie, the savory pie, did it do well in Delonica? It did not. Yeah. Did so it place? I got nothing. I got zero. Nothing. You yeah. got no ribbon. I know. That's Were a, you angry? No, I wasn't angry. Right. I was very happy he won. Well, good. <laughs> that is the sign of a good relationship. And that was the first marriage. thing we learned, too, is doing these, because we've gone on to do other contests. You just learned that, I mean, there, you know, a lot of contests have rubrics for scoring, but it's so subjective. So we just decided to sort of make what we like. Like, if we're happy with what we make and enter, then... You know, that's good enough for us because it, yeah. you get yourself into a trap where you're like, well, is this like an acceptable enough flavor? Enough people going to get this? Is this too weird? You know, now, did, were you guys interlopers in this contest? Did you find that? Did you feel that? Like, did everybody else know each other? Oh, Betty Ann's over there with yep. his peanut oh, butter cupcake I, pie. Again. I think so. I think one of the one of the moments I remember is we were sitting there eating because they had like a pie buffet. You bought tickets and you could sit there and eat. And we were sitting next to someone. And he turned to us and introduced ourselves. And I think, I can't remember what it was, but we knew that he was running for office of some sort. And I think when he learned we were from Atlanta, he just turned and talked to the person on the other side. Like it was. Did he have a pie entered? I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a politician with a good pie has a much better chance yeah. of winning. Yeah. I think that that shows some authenticity and understanding of your community that most politicians just don't have mostly these days. Um, it is June right now. It's very early June. What's the ideal pie? Sweet. Ooh, so I guess that's... Uh, I guess Seasonal pie. Yeah, I'd probably do blueberries. I think there's blueberries in the market right now. Blueberries everywhere. You know, yeah. Georgia is the largest producer of blueberries. blueberries. We're yeah. number one. We are number one. We are blue ribbon of blueberries. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's hard to say. Blue for blues. Yeah. It is. I think the summer strawberry, too, I think is really good. Yeah, strawberries, strawberries are really good right now. Strawberries yeah. are good right now. They're yeah. waning, but really good. Yep. So talk me through the summer strawberry filling. What's in it? 
Uh, so it's sort of like if you start with, um, if you're familiar making with key lime pie, which a lot of people are because it's a more simple pie. So sweetened condensed milk, fresh lemon juice, um, you know, a little bit of salt. Um, it's in a crumb crust. And then we add pureed strawberries to it and some eggs. Um, you bake that. Um, doesn't take long. It'll set. Um, wait till it cools. You make a homemade lemon curd on top. And then some sliced strawberries you you put over it gives it a little, another little boost of fresh. So you're going flavor. sliced strawberries and then the curd and then the red, uh, it, so you're getting some cross section. Yeah, nice mm -hmm. coloring. Yeah, that's cool. And so pies, uh, it's just so interesting that pie is kind of flown under the radar. And is it coming back? We hope. I, yeah. We're sort of hoping for a pie renaissance. I, I feel like. I feel like it's really due for it. I mean, there's just so much. I think we're really hoping more people wake up to it. And I think there's a lot of there's like artists on Instagram who are doing like pie art and things like that. I think I think there is a moment, but I also know like from doing the book and you know, pie can be like a complex dessert, you know, if you if you do it all from scratch, if you're making your crust, if you're making your filling, if there's a topping, you know, that's work, and some people just don't have time for that. Some people don't want to do it. Some people don't have time for it. Um, but but I, I do think that pie is such a great dessert because you have the crispiness of the crust and this you know limitless filling that I, I really think it, 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 it deserves a renaissance. If there isn't one, it certainly deserves one. If you make a fruit pie and you're two people and you're not going to eat all of it, mm -hmm. do you put it in the fridge afterwards? Overnight? Uh, for a fruit pie, gosh. Um, fruit pies definitely have... These are, these are CDC people. It's okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to get sick on their watch. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I guess if uh, those are two separate questions, though. For, there's a food safety question, and then there's also... Um, a quality question. Yeah, So because the fruit pie is going to soften. So from the moment you s cut your first slice... The, the clock is ticking on that pie. It, it, will, it will never be as good as that moment. Because um, even just as, as the juices are released, um, that crust will start to soften eventually. And so... The clock is ticking on it the is. pie. You make it sound like a suspense thriller. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. clock is ticking. We only have 14 minutes yeah. left on that pie. Yeah. No, but you know, so... Yes, episode yes, 24. Yeah, so uh. the way we handle that is I mean, we share an awful lot of pie. So and yeah, if, we're, if we're doing an experimental pie test... Uh, we'll you know, do one, we'll take our slice, taste it, make our notes as to you know, what we would change. You know, or, you know, and then we find someone to eat the pie. Yeah, so in the first rendition of that testing pie, it turns out horribly which neighbor gets it. Uh, so, I mean, if, if it's a horrible fail, uh, it'll just go in the trash. Okay. So There's nobody on the block who just really <laughs> on. No, 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 no. We so, made you some soup? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a little bit of flaky crust to it. Yeah, yeah, softening yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Time is ticking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't mind those chunks. Yeah. yeah no, but uh, yeah, if it's really bad, then, yeah, it's got to go. But yeah, for the most part, um, um, the even the version 1.0s, they're, they're usually palatable. So maple, blueberry, I mean, there's so many good pies. And this, this, like, this style of the top, the way you're using crust and top crust are, are really interesting. So this maple blueberry pie, without mm -hmm. me reading through the full uh, idea of it, are you blind baking any of this? No, that one's not blind baked. So it's straightforward. But you're getting, you're getting brownness on the bottom? Absolutely. Now, Ovens, you guys talk about the middle rack in your oven and how every oven is different. You should really be temping it somehow and figuring mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. um, but what about convection? Is convection a plus when you're baking a pie or is it a minus? Well, I say, so we have a commercial convection oven downstairs in our commercial kitchen. Um, 
in terms of blind baking a crust, it actually does a much better job of. Well, I would say the a standard kitchen oven doesn't do a bad job. Um, it probably does a nine out of ten, um, only because with a even if it's a still oven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the convection oven though is really it's much more evenly baked for a blind baked crust. And is it is it reducing time? as well a yeah. little bit yeah okay yeah because we do um we do sort of a lower temperature bake so we do uh crust at 350 for about an hour other recipes usually probably do around 425 um for 30 to 40 minutes really. but that's gonna really yeah 425 seems really high and it, it but you see it in a lot of recipes but what that results in is browning with a layer of rawness uh, sort of above it so. Yeah, you have to be careful, like when you take the weights out, when you're tenting, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. So you don't want to tent it while you're, because if you tent it because it's browning too much, then you're going to stop your moisture evacuation. And so, right, you're creating a, steam, a contained steam environment yeah. that'll soften your crust. Yeah, before you move off that blueberry pie, I just wanted to point out so that, that one's an, one of the pies that the filling is cooked sous vide. Right. Um, and so then when you're actually baking the pie, you bake it focusing on getting the crust perfectly done because I've already dealt with the filling. I don't have to wait for the filling to boil in my pie to, to, uh, thicken the thickener. Now, do you, in, in a lot of the recipes do have sous vide, mostly for the uh, for the fruit uh, filling pies. Mm. Now, you're you're using a vacuum sealer. Do you think it's entirely necessary, or could you just through displacement use a Ziploc bag? Uh, there's one advantage that you get with the the vacuum sealer, and that's you evacuate more air because fruit has a tendency to float. Um, and so if, as much air as you can get out as possible is nice. And with the um, just the displacement method, I don't think you're able to get as much air out as you can as with the vacuum. You can certainly well, add weights. Will cryovac cranberries float like they do in a bog? Uh, they'll still float, yeah. So there's definitely some, some floats. Some fruits are very floaty. Um, and if you're so, ever drowning, grab <laughs> cranberries. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, yeah, some, some you will have to weigh them down. Well, it is a absolutely brilliant book, and it's it's so it's to me it's so interesting to talk to people whose main occupation has nothing really to do with food, but yet can deep dive into it from their perspective of uh, where 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 their smarts and talents lie, and sort of evoke something completely different from something you know. There are many books on pies. There is not a book like this on pies, um, which, you know, opens up a whole new perspective. So I'm hoping you do it with the cookies, but then, geez, you could do it with salads. You could do it with so many things. Yes. Which is really exciting to see. Um, Paul, Chris, thanks for having me in your kitchen. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. You people go buy the new pie uh, with uh, wonderful pie recipes and beautiful photography by Andy Thomas Lee, Clarkson Potter. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.